Scott and Paul show episode 27. Zelda has been delayed, but we are getting the NX this year. No, of course not. It's Nintendo. You're waiting till next year. Scott Paul Show, episode 27. Scott, are you ready to play Zelda? Absolutely. How long can you wait? Uh, I don't know. It's getting, it's getting difficult. I <laughs> hope you can wait till next year, because those blue balls are going to get even bluer. Probably. I'm just going to uh, cryogenically freeze myself on a mountainside like Cartman did with the Wii. Yeah. Uh... Nintendo had their little, uh, basically they just crushed the hopes and dreams of everybody who was waiting for E3 this year at their little conference call because they said, yeah, we ain't doing E3 this year. You ain't going to see anything. And they buried it in our financial report and said, uh, um, by the way, um, and uh, the next year when we have the NX. So, what else you guys want to hear? Yes, the NX, which there's, they still haven't decided on a real name yet, will be coming out in March. Did they even give a date? Did they say like March 17th or some bullshit? I can't remember. Oh, that was just March 2017. March. Probably they're going to push that thing out to the last fucking possible date, which I think is the last day of the, of the financial year, financial quarter of yeah. 2016. It's going to be when um, Legend of Zelda sequel is ready to ship. Which, uh, I forgot the uh, lady's name, but she did say it will be launching for both the NX and Wii U, so she, she called it. But, um, yeah, NX is coming next year. It will not be at E3 this year. So, uh, happy days are not here again. So, if you were hoping to um, have one last big game this year for uh, your Wii U, um, well, I guess you just bought it. That was Star Fox. Yeah. Unless you're really into like Paper Mario. I think it's coming out this year. Yeah. So 
So, the, so that's it. So this those are pretty good. We used dead all eleven million people who bought it. System is dead. It's gone. Dead in the water. Yep. It's a good system overall. <sighs> Missing a few things. Yeah, your four game cubes duct taped together. I mean, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I have a lot of good games. Well, while talking to investors, he um, I forgot the president's name now. The former NWA World Champion had had some interesting comments. Um, he talked about how unlike the um, Wii U when it launched, it was selling at a launch. I mean, at a loss. But if you were buying a game when you bought the system, hey, they were good. But back then, the yen was a lot stronger. They can't really do that now. However, the NX is a new concept. So you can't really plan for that. However, they also are saying, well, you know, we want this thing. Gamers to be playing this for years to come. But no, we are also hearing rumors that this is this amazing system. Now it's really powerful, and you got. Of course, those are just rumors. So, uh, Scott, what the hell? I, they, there's not any information at all. I mean, there's there's some supposedly insider stuff, but you know, we've heard this new concept stuff, and there's been a few patents they've made, but. How many patents does Nintendo actually file in a year's time? Well, I mean, you it's know. like Apple. You, you got patent everything. Yeah, exactly. So. Well, we have seen that little video, but for Zelda. So you know it can at least play a Zelda game that looks like the Wii U. So it can do that. Yeah. It can play a game that uses a normal controller. The um, I think maybe it's like the smartest marketing move ever. <laughs> to kill your system? Yeah, to kill your system and then not tell anything about the, the succeeding, succeeding system, the, the successor. Um, I don't know, man. It's just kind of crazy. I don't understand why they just don't want to release anything. I don't. Maybe they're just. Maybe there's a concept they've come up with. They're trying to play close to the to their vest, or maybe it's just typical Nintendo conservatism. I don't know. But I mean, there is nothing, and they're skipping E3 as far as the NX goes. Uh, it's going to be a Zelda themed E3, I I guess. But I don't know. They make great games, but damn, it's just like they're so they're just so annoying sometimes. It's like it's like a special kid that, you know. Oh, hey, we can have fun for a little bit, and it's like, all right, I'm I'm tired of smashing the, the Beatles, I'm tired of smashing the the bugs in the, the driveway. Let's go do something else. Yeah. Well, he, um, President Nintendo, went on to say that we want consumers to play this game system for many years. 
So we believe that in the beginning, it is most important to make sure that everything is in order at launch. In that sense, our approach is that we should wait until we can provide a fully realized experience rather than rushing to launch in the holiday season. And this approach has not changed. So that's why you have to wait until March. Uh, yeah. It has nothing to do with that being the last date possible for the financials. And it has nothing to do with the fact that Zelda's not done. No. Absolutely not. On the other hand, I mean, Zelda's have been very, very strong sellers for him. Says Mario, and Mario launched with the uh, Wii U. So I think I think it was more than just. I don't know. They had a pretty decent launch lineup. They had a lot of third party support at launch. Um, I think a lot of it was just that that Wii U name consumers were confused or not even aware that they were confused about what it was. It was, oh, look, a Wii U. It's a controller for your Wii. And how many of those people had already bought one of those U-Draw tablets and wasted their money on that? So, I mean, yeah. I don't know. It, there was, it was a marketing issue with the Wii U. I'm not saying it was going to sell gangbusters like the Wii, but they could have done better than they did. It's just it was mishandled. Well, do you think the Frostbite engine will work on this so you can actually get EA games? <laughs> yeah. So you can get some third-party games? Yeah, uh, maybe. And I still think Frostbite not running a Wii U is more of an issue with EA than it was a Wii U. <laughs> I mean, there are games that run on PS4 and Xbox and all that were buggy as fuck too, so what difference does it make? Well, 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 I remember we used like we had all we have all these third party titles. Look, and then slowly they all started dying off. Yeah, and really the third party titles. What did it really do for the Wii U? Not much. Not at the beginning. I mean, it's it. I mean, it sold well that first month. I mean, you see the numbers, you're like, oh wow, that's pretty good. And then it just completely by January it was dead. Yeah. Um. I mean, it was it just fell off super fast. And I thought, well, that's probably the post Christmas buzz. Everybody's already spent all their money and thinking they don't, they don't, they can wait around. They don't need to spend money again. And then it just never really recovered that well. I know a couple spurts here and there, but um, I think it's marketing. I think people were, you know, you can have all third party support in the world that you want, but you know, if you think the Wii U is an accessory for the Wii, and you see. Call of Duty Ghost launching on the Wii U, but you've played Modern Warfare 2 or 3 or whatever come out on the Wii, which, I mean, they didn't play bad. They played well, but they looked very rough compared to the 360 version. You're going to think, well, shit, what's Ghost going to look like? You know, because people people care a whole lot about graphics. Um, That's just one factor out of probably hundreds. Unless you buy a 3DS, you don't care about graphics. Yeah. That's why I have a 3DS. (laughs) I have one too, but I just don't buy any games for it. I have a Vita. Yeah, so I like it all, but yeah, if they they need to go to the Sega style of of marketing and go on the attack. I mean, I know they they say they're not trying to compete directly with the 360 or not the 360, but the uh, well the 366. Yeah. <laughs> That's how far we really advanced because of game share, but. Um, or sharing your videos, you know, but 
and maybe they can't compete with them. I don't know. They did pretty good in the weed generation, but you were, they were able to bring in a lot of casuals. Um, you can't but do that now. If they're, yeah, exactly. If they're trying to find the niche market and just be profitable there, I mean, that's fine with me, you know. Um, but I think they could compete if they, if not- they had online infrastructure that was comparable to the others and they changed their marketing approach. Even if they don't win, that doesn't mean they're not competitive and making money. You can you can get the casual market on the handheld system, but you're not going to do it in, in the console market ever again. You have that with the Wii. Fine. But you're not going to do that with the casuals ever again. You can do that on the handheld. Maybe once a generation. Yeah. But it's, yeah. it's you're, you've lost that now. You can do that on the smartphones. Fine. But you're going to have to do better than Mitomo. Yeah. Of course, you know, Mitomo. How many right users they have? 10 million? No, I don't know how many people download it, but they're bringing in $280,000 a week. Huh? 52 weeks in a year. I mean, that's more money than we, we, we're making. Yeah. Um, that's, I mean, if, that's a, if that stays a consistent revenue stream... It's not bad. If they yep. set up multiple revenue streams, then you know Nintendo's rolling in cash, no matter how bad a generation they had. No, I, I, I think they're having a playable version of Link at E3. So somebody might play it. Uh, we might as well stay on this news. S- Scott did not buy a Star Fox. I did not buy a Star Fox. I think Scott plans on buying Star Fox. Yeah, I've just spent a lot of money on trips and um, house stuff, uh, fixing the pool, fixing the deck, all that stuff. So I'm just kind of like spacing myself out a little bit. But I will be buying Star Fox. I'm still pretty excited for it. And we still have WrestleMania coming up. So Scott still needs to get his hotel. Yeah. I'm on that. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to be good. I got this. Yeah. We're probably going to – I'm probably just going to get us a taxi. To WrestleMania? That's a long fucking trip. Yeah. How about – we? I don't know. We'll figure something out. Limousine ride and Jeff line. I'm probably just going to pay for a parking pass somewhere. And um, there's – go ahead and stay on this. Um, they s- saw a couple places. Um, NX might be very expensive. Um, they were saying, I forgot the president's name. <laughs> uh, Thomas, give me a whatever. Yeah, Tatsumi Fujinami. Yeah, yeah. He said that uh, he can't sell it at a loss. Again, um, but it's going to be a brand new concept. That's the thing that's just kind of crazy to me. What else could they be doing if it's a brand new concept? I mean, you brand have VR concept. being pushed by how many companies right now? Well, you got Oculus and you got um, Morpheus. Yeah, or whatever it's VR. called. Is it still Morpheus? 
No, no, it's PlayStation VR. That was the PlayStation uh, VR code name they were working on. Yeah, they're not going to drop that PlayStation moniker from anything, and wisely. Um, so, are are they going to combine the 3DS and the console into one? I think that's probably what they're leaning towards a a dummy unit and a hero unit. Yeah, one. basically a model of a traditional console that can be taken on the fly. So, sounds like a good idea. So what about all your old controllers? Ooh, what about them? About for compatibility? Yeah, I mean, that's interesting stuff to know. Maybe they maybe they cut the cord on all that stuff because they're moving forward with such a, you know, if that's the concept they're going with. It's going to be Bluetooth? No. Uh, yeah. so is it going to have uh, a Bluetooth? Here's what they'll do: like the Blu-ray player to Wii U. It'll be Bluetooth compatible, but only with Nintendo products. You can't use any other Bluetooth accessory because they don't want to pay a licensing fee to fucking use <laughs> 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 Bluetooth technology. Uh, well, if anybody got into the Kickstarter for Mighty Number no. Nine, a couple of you did because it went gold. Uh, there was an update. It will be coming out in America and Asia, well, North America and Asia, on June 21st, and for the rest of the world, June 24th. So isn't this game like a year and a half overdue now? It's thereabouts September of 2014 or something like that. Yeah. So I think that was the original release date, and that game has been marred with some controversy, so yeah. And as for all systems, it was originally supposed to come out for, with the exceptions of PlayStation Vita and Nintendo 3DS. Those will come out some other time. So it's going to release on the Wii U. Because uh, that was an original. That was a goal that it reached on the Kickstarter. Probably. He just said that. Oh, that's all he says here. Oh, he says. So, yeah. see, I've been kind of watching it. The only um, ones that he excluded was portable versions for Vita and 3DS would follow later. I think the Wii U version will probably be like the lowest selling. The lowest number of copies produced will be that or the Vita. So that one would probably be a little more uncommon. Yeah. So I've been watching for the Wii U version since they announced it at the Kickstarter. I'd like to have a complete Wii U collection one of these days. I'm over 50. I don't know how many there are. Nice. Yeah, buddy number nine. I mean, it's just it's a Mega Man game by Inafune, who's one of the uh, guys that's one of the backbone of the series. Um, you know, it... They announced for Kickstarter and they had this big epic video. Well, not epic, but they were playing heavy on the nostalgia part and doing it in these interviews with Inafune. And, you know, and it sounded really good and ends up the little Inafune is a, a master of marketing, apparently. Um, but he had a good pedigree, you know? And I don't know what kind of problems. I quit following Mighty Number no. Nine like heavily a while back. Cause I mean, I was really excited at first, but it just, it's kind of been, it's tapered off because of the, the, the delays 
and some of the, you know, the whining and crying about decisions. And like, there was a artist drew a picture of a female version of the hero and people were like spazzing out, like go away. And it was like, what'd they do? <laughs> How about just have that selectable at the beginning of the game? You know, what's it matter? It's a couple, it's a difference in sprites and models, but apparently she's involved in a lot of drama too, but that's neither here nor there. Mega man doesn't have tits. Was that yeah. Yeah, basically, you know, so we'll see. I mean, you raped my childhood. Yeah, that was basically what they were hit with. George Lucas. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, hopefully some Mega Man fan isn't a complete freaking loser and makes a 90-minute documentary about why it sucks. Yeah. Like that guy did with Phantom Menace. (laughs) It's like, I don't need a 90-minute documentary. I need a two-hour session watching that movie. (laughs) Now, I I knew the first time I watched it. So... Uh. Uh, okay. Well, well, we did it. We mentioned Star Wars. We better move on before we spend the rest yeah, of the show. O- Oculus it. Rift. Oh, man. It's getting closer for the <laughs> to, to pull Princess Leia. All right. Hell yeah. Well, the, um, the, uh, out of nowhere, they announced that this week the retail availability for the Oculus Rift is coming out, which, is great, except for the fact that those of us who ordered the pre-orders, we haven't got our shit yet. So Oculus is doing a little gimmick where those of us who have pre-ordered, if we're lucky enough to jump in and order a pre-order, well, order a retail copy from Amazon or Microsoft or Best Buy, Go ahead and order it on this Friday. Once you do, go back to your order page. Do not cancel, but go to your order page. Click a little box that says, I ordered a retail copy, and then all your pre-order shit that you get, you'll still get it. And you won't lose your place in line for your um, touch. 3D controllers, whatever the fuck they're calling them. So you're still good on that part. Of course, the problem is you're going to get swamped with orders on Amazon and Microsoft and everywhere else. So it's kind of shitty on Oculus' part that all of these retails are going out before we get ours, but they did sign a contract with all these other companies beforehand. So, I mean, they're kind of in a lose-lose situation here. Yeah. But, I mean, at least they're not fucking us on our pre-orders. I'm, uh, we'll get one this summer sometime, hopefully. No, you won't. Well, I mean, whenever I can afford to pay retail for one. Not afford, but whenever uh, it's going to like paying retail I think for it's, one. I think it's going to be a while before you can get one. Yeah, looks like you can get it from Amazon. Uh, well, you might be able to get one. Maybe. I'm not to eBay that shit. Yeah, I'm not paying eBay prices. I want one, but... Well, it depends on what time you wake up. 
It'll be when I can pay retail for it. You you might have to wake Amy up. <laughs> Get the fuck in there. Yeah. But um, they still haven't said what the problem was. Why we couldn't get the pre-orders? There is a slight. I mean, there's a rumor going around that it was the lenses was the reason why somebody on couldn't get their fucking lenses right, and they were the reason why there was a shortage. Yeah. But because of possible lawsuits. His, the yeah. thing with the Rift is <laughs> it's been so hyped and it was like it was in development for so long and it was like it was never going to happen. And then it basically goes gold and it's not happening. <laughs> so Cost of one company. Yeah. Yeah, that's got to suck. I mean, because I'm anticipating it. I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. I, wa- <laughs> I watched... Um, one company fucked it up for everybody. YouTube videos of people that had the other units, and you know it, just, it seemed really interesting. So one company fucked it up for everybody. It's not Oculus's fault. Everybody's shitting on Oculus. It's, it's not their fault. It's one fucking company. It's fucked up the whole supply chain. It's not their fault. It's like something goes wrong with Apple. And people fucking blame Apple. No, was, we didn't fuck it up. There's one guy in the supply chain fucks everything up. You can't blame them. No. You can't fuck. It's one guy in the supply chain. They fuck up. You can't blame the whole company on one guy fucking up down the line. That's the problem. So, I mean, I don't blame Oculus. And the fact that they signed these contracts months in advance and they had everything set up. I mean, you should have had like a backdoor policy written in, in the contract that, okay, if something fucks up, we have to take care of our pre-orders first. So all of your shipments to retail, they go to the pre-orders first. They should have had that written into the contract. That's their fuck up. They should have had that in there, but they didn't. That's their fuck up. I can't blame them for that, and I do. They should have done that, but they didn't. They should have had a plan B, just in case something goes wrong. They did not do that. So anybody listening, all of like 32 of you, uh, if you ever have a startup company, pay close attention to this. All right, we're now ready for Scott's Retro Game of the Week. Retro Game of the Week is Fantasy Zone. It was a Tenjin game, uh, one of the black cartridges. And uh, it's it's a port of the arcade game. Um, I've never played the arcade. I've never played, I believe it's on TurboGrafx and several other systems. I've only played the Nintendo version. And it's not without fault, but anyways... Long story short, I was driving home the other day and stumbled across a retro game store in Parkersburg. And I thought, well, hell, I'm going to stop in and look. And everything was vastly overpriced. 
Um, they wanted $60 for every $30 game. They wanted $50 for every $25 game. It was pretty much double on just about everything. And so I thought, well, maybe I'll find something in here. And I saw Fantasy Zone. I thought, well, I've always wanted to play that. And it was about 30% cheaper than what the average sold auction on eBay was. So I thought, okay, I found something. After about 30 minutes of looking, I grabbed it, walked out, uh, went home, uh, popped it in the machine. And at first, I was like, man, this game is freaking simple. I was dodging everything left and right. The first stage, I don't even remember if any enemies actually shoot you. They just try to, like, they just fly their little paths. Um, and then the difficulty kind of ramped up with uh, one of the bosses and I believe it was stage five. There's just freaking bullets just coming at you. So it, it, it gets painful. Um, it's not bullet hell by any means, like some of the uh, shooters, some of the shmups. But the basic premise is, is there's five or six enemy bases in each level, and you have to blow them up. And as soon as you destroy them, you get popped into the boss level. And then you got to defeat the boss. And the first boss kind of reminds me of something out of Kirby. You know, this game predates Kirby, but... It's a like tree stump boss that shoots these like nuts at you, and then there's like the a circle looking boss that has these barriers spinning around it, and you got to shoot between the barriers to destroy the orbs to destroy the boss. And there's you know a tentacle boss, and you know just uh, what? Not the kind of tentacle boss you're thinking. Oh. Um, I'm no longer interested. Yeah, it's like a robot tentacle boss that has. Uh, Kind of looks like Venus flytrap mouths or something on the end of it. And they shoot bullets at you. That one kind of tricked me the first time I played it because I didn't expect the the shots to be tracking or to have anywhere near the speed they did. They weren't like super fast, but after playing the first couple levels, you're just kind of caught off guard if you'd never played it before. And uh, so, you know, I think, well, I'm going to play through this game in less than an hour. And it took me a little while uh, to figure it out. And I kept getting my shit wrecked in the later levels. And I was like, damn, I'm usually pretty good at these shmups. And what it is, is there's a shop that pops up and you earn money when you destroy enemies and you earn money when you destroy bosses. You can buy upgrades. You can get a laser. It lasts like 30 seconds. You can get a, a turbo engine that makes you fly faster, which you pretty much need for the boss fights. Uh, you can have the regular gun through the whole game, in my opinion, and make it just fine. But the speed's very important. And uh, so, you know, then you, you play through all the bosses. The ship handles pretty well. It can walk, by the way. You can go down to the ground and walk with your little ship. Um, but I didn't know you could upgrade. I didn't know if you push left or right, you could go to the next page of the menu and upgrade your bombs. And as soon as I was able to upgrade my bombs, I beat the game in, like, I think two lives. So it's not super hard, but it's not super easy either. It, if you go into it with any sort of um, ego, it it, it'll, it can check you pretty quick. Um, but, you know, it's got interesting music. It's got a colorful background, and one of the terms applied to it as far as the genre goes is called a cute-em-up because the graphics are cute. And But it's a very, very solid shooter, and it's had a ton of remakes. It's been on 3DS and multiple systems. Um, you can get it between 10 and $20. It's a buy. Pretty good game. Um, definitely a good starter shmup. Uh, not anything too overly difficult, but definitely not too easy. Highly recommend Fantasy Zone.
And it's a black cartridge. What more could you want? My favorite was the red cartridge for Maximum Carnage. Yeah, Doom had one too. Yeah. Now, on to something that we really do not like talking about, but we have to. On to movie news. Another remake. Scott, Puppet Master. Are you ready for a fucking remake of Puppet Master? You mean The Littlest Reich? The Littlest Reich. <laughs> that is the stupidest name I've ever heard in my life. If the, pu- if, if the Puppet Masters, the puppets do not actually take over the world and establish their own little freaking genocidal Reich, <laughs> this thing is bullshit. <laughs> I mean, they need to win for me to buy this. Um, I liked Puppet Master. I mean, it was pretty good for an 80s horror film. Um I didn't care for two or three, and it's been so long since I've seen any of them. I mean, I'm talking like 98, 99, maybe. So, I mean, I liked them. I remember liking them, but there's something that I only watched a couple times, maybe once or twice, and it's been forever and a day. So, I'm not going to say I'm going to run right out and see this, considering it's called The Littlest Reich. Right. Um, yeah. Reich. And, uh, you know, this guy's talking about, well, I had a standee for the VHS and all the stuff in my room. These guys are full of fucking shit. Most of these guys didn't have specifically Puppet Master shit in their room watching Puppet Master. Or now they're directing Puppet Master years later. Uh, But anyways. The Bonaventure Pictures, 1408 and Transformers and Caliber Media. Dark was the night, some kind of hate. Partnered up to option the rights to develop a brand new take on Charles Band's classic uh, puppet matcher with the intention to produce multiple storylines within the new universe. It's all universe now, kids. Uh, the producers have set up S. Craig Zaller, Bone uh, Tomahawk, to write the first script entitled Puppet Master Douglas Reich and expand the mythology. And the director's search is quietly underway. Apparently not, since we know about it. Um, uh, Heller said, quote, We couldn't be more excited to take the series in a new direction while embracing all the practical effects and terrifying insanity that fans of the Puppet Master films love. Practical effects. Well, that's promising. So they're not going CGI with this thing? That's interesting. It's got my attention a little bit. Well, it'll be interesting to see. Um, Shinobi, one of Scott's favorite games, series, I think. It's up there. Well, Scott, this is going to be one of your least favorite movie franchises because it's coming to the screen. Oh, no. Video game adaptation. Yep. According to Deadline, Mark Platt, who has produced such films as Drive, Bridges of Spies, and Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, remember there's one movie I heard of, has partnered with Sega to bring the nearly 30-year-old character to the screen. That's all we know. 
There are no real details on the film just yet. I'm betting it's about a ninja. <laughs> An American ninja who has <laughs> they probably fucked this up. He verified a big fucking gorilla robot. I'm just saying. So, yeah. I mean, what's so hard about we? I don't know if we ever touched on this before, but what is so hard about a video game adaptation? It's like we need to make an adaptation of Doom. Okay, Castle Rock was a good idea. <laughs> yeah, that's the best idea. <laughs> that's the that was the that was the last good idea they had on that movie because um, it starts out like solidly enough, pro- a little promising even because you got this kind of a little bit of slow build. They're trying to. You know, they're discovering a few things. And you're thinking, there's going to be this all-out fucking, like, just demon bloodbath when The Rock decides to freaking be the ultimate Doom Ring. And then they throw a swerve at you, which was pretty decent, too. And The Rock ends up being the bad guy. And the movie completely fucking falls apart. Not because he's the bad guy, but because it goes from being a kind of a tension-building sci-fi horror mystery um and you're thinking yeah it's going to dump into this big huge action thing which it does but it's shit action <laughs> it's mm. shit special effects shit camera work shit everything from that point on and it was just okay at that point it wasn't like it was freaking star wars but uh, make a movie with some fucking with a base and the fucking demons overrun it and the bowels of hell open up and a lone marine goes in with a big fucking gun and murders a bunch of demons and wins. The fucking end. That's all you need out of a Doom movie. Instead, they they try to turn him into like super-powered whatever, which I... Fuck off. You know, how about Quake? That would be an easy that right film. Um, House of the Dead. Look how bad they fucked that up. Oh, my God. Good Lord. Was that, that was Uwe Bowl, though. But he's 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 a he's he's the Mount Everest of fucking shit up. The um, you know you had like big zombie karate fight with the Chinese girl in the American flag bikini. It was just terrible. Everything about the movie was terrible, and it's not that difficult. You don't have to copy the game beat for beat. You just need some character names and a few similar settings and roll with a original script. You know, Castlevania, how many times have we made a vampire movie that was good? Throw a whip in his hand and call it fucking Castlevania. It's not that difficult. Warcraft will probably suck. How many good fantasy movies have there been? Write a good fantasy movie, slap the Warcraft license on it, and it's a win. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what possesses writer and producer's minds when they have an adaptation for a video game. What has been a good adaptation for a video game? First Mortal Kombat wasn't that bad. No, it was. It was. It was good, especially in '95 when it came out. Yeah, it was good. Now it doesn't age well at all. Fucked up Street Fighter. Street Fighter was fucking terrible when it came out, but I, it's a guilty pleasure for me. Well, that's that's because M. Bison was played so fucking awesome. Yes, Probably I would take that M. Bison today. Awesome. Oh um, my god. Watching Street Fighter is you're not enjoying cinema. <laughs> it's not your goal. Your goal is to laugh at the performances, decisions, effects, 
pacing, plot, dialogue, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And watching Van Damme at his cheesy best. <laughs> he is so terrible in this movie, it's not even funny. And it, it, that's what makes me love it. It's a terrible movie, I know, but I love there's, it. Anyways. There's no reason, Rob. When, when Raul Julia was cast that role, I was so pissed off. But my God, he was amazing. I, I did the same thing. I was like, really? We, we, I remember we bitched for a year when we heard about that. Then when we went, so I was like, my God, he was awesome. And we were, we were kind of pissed that Van Damme was playing Guile, but we were kind of happy that at least it was Van Damme. We thought we'd get some good martial arts action. Yeah. That was some of the tamest martial arts action that Van Damme's ever been a part of. Yeah. And it's really the last action. The fight with Bison's actually pretty decent. Um, yeah, for what it was. For what it was, you know. But, uh, but the thing is cool seeing Van Damme not – I mean, he had the – he didn't just kick the guy's ass. Then the guy who wrote the screenplay also adapted Die Hard. Yeah. That was, was, was like, what the fuck? How can you fuck this up? <laughs> You well, have to die hard. Uh, yeah. And now, I mean, there is a lot of genius in this movie. They have fucked up this three fighter twice. They fucked it up this time, and then they fucked it up when they cast fucking Two Faced Lana in the second one. Yeah. Seriously, how fucking hard is Street Fighter? At least they did the animated series, right? Not not the one on like USA, where the fuck that was, but but the one where. Uh, uh, no, it was Street Fighter Two, the animated series. Yeah, yeah, the animated movie. movie. Where it had uh, Two, the movie when Chun Li was in the shower and she was all naked. And she shit. has that badass fight with Vega. Holy yeah, shit. she's wearing a that towel. movie's good. If you have not seen the animated, the original animated Street Fighter movie, yeah. do yeah. yourself a favor and get a copy somehow and watch that shit. And uh, it, it's good. I think wasn't one of the versions edited. Yeah, because she was in the shower. Yeah, but it was. What what was the was the the home version on tape was what was edited wasn't it? But like the Showtime showing of it was unedited. Is that what it was? I don't know. I would run on pay per view, so I don't know. It was something like you had the tape. No, no, I didn't have the tape. I ordered mine on pay per view. That's how you watched it. Oh, maybe that's what it was. Yeah. Anyways, it was it was freaking awesome. I saw it again on HBO or something years later. Showtime back in the late nineties. I was like, this movie's fucking great. It is yeah. so good. Yeah, and um, the fight scenes are epic. The yeah, I mean it's a it's a hand drawn cartoon, but when Chun Li punches Vega, like your jaw starts hurting. There's such weight to yeah. their movements. Yeah. It's it's some good shit. I really wish they'd followed up with it. Instead, you got shit like Generations and all that, and they yeah. were just fucking uh, fan service pedophile dream anime. Yeah. Terrible that they took the series that way. But that was the bison that you expect. Oh, yeah. You know, not the Raul Julia campy. I, but the way they went, it was so good, it didn't matter. That he knew what he had to do to make this fucking character work, and he, he did it. Bison bucks. Bison. <laughs> Bisonopolis. And the part when Zanjef and um, E Honda are fighting, and they got like the Godzilla. Little Tokyo. Little yeah. Tokyo, and they got some of the sound effects. Yeah, yeah, it was great. There is a lot of genius in that film. Yeah. I think a lot of it was unintentional. But the Zanjef and Ihana, that was intentional, and it yeah. worked. You know, so and then at the end, they all get their big Street Fighter pose. 
Yeah. Oh my god. Always. Uh, it's the greatest bad movie I think I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I'm paying money for that. Oh god. That's one reason why I like going to theater. Well, I showed it to my son uh, a few months ago and he was up and down. He was like, Dad, what the hell? <laughs> that was the look on his face. He didn't actually say that, but um It would have been acceptable. <laughs> he was in and out. And then he was in. Once once Julia once Raul Julia came completely unhinged and it got to that part, he was riveted. He was like, Oh my gosh. And then he was like, Yeah, I liked it. I was like, All right, I've won today. Good dad. Yeah. So yeah, if you, you go watch this animated Street Fighter. And there's a Street Fighter V, the series. Yeah, yeah. is pretty good too. That that was a 20, 13 or twenty some episode series. I have it on DVD. That was really good. I, I like it. Doing another Street Fighter series on somebody's doing one on YouTube, YouTube or one of those other bullshit channels. Uh, and. The DC Universe, The Flash, has lost its director. Uh, Seth Graham Smith, who makes such horrible movies as Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter, and Pride and Prejudice Zombies, has left due to um, creative differences. Um, well, considering that DCU makes horrible movies and he makes horrible movies, somebody's making a really horrible movie there. Yeah, I mean, it's like they say in the article. Um, it's a sinking ship, this DC extended universe. Yeah. Cinematic universe. It's just not, they're not making good movies. You know, the movie is either just okay or it's fucking terrible. Their best chance at doing it would have been around the time Dark Knight came out. Well, yeah. Well, you're going to have, um, I don't think I actually put the link in here, but the latest rumor going around is that Affleck is going to make the quote-unquote definitive Batman film. And it's going to be based on the um, the Red Hood, which is where <clears throat> Jason Todd comes back as the Red Hood. And you're going to have basically all of the villains are going to be in the film. So it's just going to be everybody. It's going to be in it. All the villains. Sounds like a, a movie script I read once. Yeah. Sounds like mine, doesn't it? Yeah. Just kind of like our um, Superman fan script we wrote years and years and years and years ago. That we got to see some of the scenes played out on TV <laughs> in the theater, no less. So, yeah, it sounds really familiar. Um, I, I mean, I, I'm I'm excited to see 
that take. So if he's a true Batman fan like we are or you, then, you know, we may see the ultimate version of those characters on Well, when you sad Affleck pretty much sealed the deal when he's like, man, (laughs) I fucked up. This shit ain't going to fly. Yeah. I mean, the the movie, I guess, I mean, it made money. Surely the merchandising helped it make money. Ultimately, I mean, I wish it would have done a lot better so they could keep taking stabs at making this. But it's at this point, it's just like, you know, quit poking the animal and take it out and freaking put a bullet in it. There it is. Take your link. But, um... And that was me thinking that Batman vs. Superman was okay. But it wasn't the mind-blowing film it should have been. I mean, when you have Batman and Superman in the same freaking movie, especially with the recent success of Batman and the moderate success of Man of Steel, you would think this movie's going to make... Which it made... It, it hit close to expectations. It didn't make expectations, but it hit close. Yeah. But when you had those two elements together, you're thinking that's a surefire billion-dollar movie because Batman's been doing a billion by himself, right? <laughs> yeah. And I don't know. I remember I saw a trailer for Batman vs. Superman in the theater. I can't remember what movie we went to see. It was like Good Dinosaur or something like that with the kids, which is a pretty good movie, actually. Um, and the Batman vs. Superman trailer goes off, and there was a couple groups of people that were talking about it. They were laughing. It's like, it looks stupid. Oh, we don't want to see Batman and Superman fight. And I'm thinking, these aren't comic book fans. <laughs> yeah. This is the general movie-going audience. And I know it's a very microscopic sample size, but I was thinking, wow. If that's what a couple you know, 20-year-olds think about it, what's everybody going to think about it? So, I mean, you know, it made a bunch of money, but I don't know if it made a bunch, but it made, well, it did. That's why they should have saved that film for last. Yeah, they should have done Dark Knight Returns. You should have had the entire Justice League, and then you should have had Batman versus Superman. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but they wanted to blow their load first. Uh, yeah, and just just like the Doomsday thing, that that there's a prime example of them blowing their load. Because Doomsday Superman was such a watershed moment in the comics industry, and spoilers. Yeah, and then in Batman, there's Doomsday, and you get the but but the effect that it's supposed to have in universe, it, it isn't it isn't translated well because Superman has not established himself yet. Him, the Doomsday storyline is what makes him establish himself. So. Hmm. Uh, um. I don't know. Anyways. Well, maybe Affleck can turn it around. I I think he can. I think he can. I think fire fucking everybody and say, here's 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 a bunch of money. It's all yours. If Affleck's allowed to do whatever the fuck you... It's like the Wonder Woman movie. No, Zack Snyder. It'll be good. As long as that piece of shit isn't around to fuck it up, you're good. If Affleck um, can do his own script, 
It'll be good. Who was the screenwriter for BVS? Um, uh, it's fucking um. Get rid of him. Is the dickhead who did Blade? Yeah, that guy. Get rid of him. <laughs> the one who does everything now. Yeah, same fucker did Man of Steel. Yeah, he doesn't understand. Batman. Batman. He doesn't understand Superman. He doesn't understand. He did good Blade. I'll give him that. Uh, yeah, yeah. And absolutely he did. Blade 2 was fucking amazing. Oh, it's it was, I mean, it was excellent. Especially when you, you put him and Del Toro together. They were fucking awesome. The fuck was that guy's name? I'm gonna have to look it up now. It's bugging me. Um, I don't remember. As well as I know his name, because I've said I, his name's crossed my lips many times. Uh, well, Goyer, David S. Goyer. David S. Goyer. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody gets Lex Luthor. <laughs> no, obviously not. No, clearly not. I mean, not that he didn't have his moments, but nobody really gets him. And Suicide Squad is going to be a total train wreck as well. Watch it be like the best movie ever. <laughs> I'm, I'm keeping my fingers crossed. It just comes out of left field and just blows me away. Well, I watched. Like I, I had no expectation. And kaboom. Well, fucking. God damn, fucking Joker. What the hell? What yeah. a fucking shit Joker. Yeah. Ugh. And then they flat out fucking lied when everybody was pissed off about the fucking tattoos and Warner Brothers said, oh, no, no, no. He doesn't have that in the film. Uh, I, I don't know why he turned Irish. Warner Brothers is all Irish fuckers. No, no, he doesn't have the tattoos. No, that's just, we're celebrating the 50 years or, or whatever the fuck it is for Joker. Don't worry about that. It's not like that. And then, Yeah, it is. It is. They realized they fucked up, but it was a little bit too late. Yeah. Fucking fuckers. Anyway, speaking of fucking, there's going to be some puppets to fuck. And um, Ben, Brian Hansen's uh, Happy Time Murders. Are you ready to see some puppet fucking? I'm going to see this day one. (laughs) (laughs) It is on. A drunken puppet private eye. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Happy Time Murders is um, the film is being pitched as a grittier, less family-friendly turn for the Jim Henson Company. One of the original screenwriters saying back in 2009 that Brian Henson told him to include all the puppet sex, violence, and cursing you could put in there. Uh, in the role, Jamie Foxx would play a L.A. detective, Edwards. Hey, that's you. A clean-cut cop forced to partner with a drunken puppet private eye in order to solve a series of murders. I'm just saying, it sounds like it could possibly be the greatest thing ever. Um, first off, stuff like that with puppets really 
Yes, me go on. Mm. Okay, just saying. <laughs> shall I wake him up or shall I let him sleep? <laughs> um, but no, I mean, one of the things about Ted is, I mean, yeah, it's funny, but part of what makes it funny is this stupid ass looking teddy bear being so just nasty. And, you know, if the, I'm interested to see what the Muppets look like in this movie. I want to, I want to see it. Um, Jamie Foxx. I like Jamie Foxx. He's a good actor um, when he's given something to work with. So I'm probably going to take the wife to go see this. I'm probably going to stop at the puppet store on the way home. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I'm kind of surprised because they were pretty family friendly. I wonder what the now deceased Jim Henson would have thought of this. Not much. Probably not. But I would say somebody has seen Ted and its box office and cultural impact and thought, well, damn, I own the rights to all kinds of shit. I have a production company. So, and I can't blame the guy. Yeah. Now you got to do different things. Yeah. I'm betting old dad wouldn't have liked it though. Well, he's not his father, so you can't live in your dad's shadows, Shane McMahon. Yeah. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger is going back into comedy. Yes, hot off the presses. Terry Killam. Why we're killing Guthner. Gunther. I bet it's Gunther. 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 Why we're killing Gunther. So. Story focuses on a group of eccentric international assassins who will become fed up with Gunther, the world's greatest hitman, who also happens to be an arrogant show-off and decided to kill him. The master plan, however, quickly turns into a series of embarrassing encounters as Gunther always appears one step ahead. I'm just... I've let's see how many comedies has Schwarzenegger made? He's, Kindergarten Cop, uh, Twins, Junior. Was that the one where he's pregnant? Junior, yeah. Jingle all the way. Jingle all the way. Yeah. I liked three of those. Uh, and Junior had its moments. Last Action Hero. Will that count? I would count that, and that was the movie I hated the first time I saw it, and I love it now. Every time you see it on TBS and TNT, you just leave it on. Yeah, and that's what that's what got me to watch it again. And I'm like, this movie's fucking, it's great. So, yeah, he's been to me. He's been good in four out of five, and that's the ones I, I don't think he's been in any other comedies. Oh, I'm sure he has. This is not coming up. Yeah, probably not. But anyways, um, the the premise around the film just fits Schwarzenegger. So, and I, th- I think Schwarzenegger does comedy very well, much better than he does when he tries to play it straight. So, if this gets a wide release, I will uh, I will go watch this. 
I don't need even need to see a trailer. I'm just gonna go watch it. See, I'm looking at his list of movies here. Ah, he was the handsome stranger and the villain, but mm-hmm. he didn't really he didn't really do much in that. True Lies had a lot of comedy. True Lies did. And that's, but that's, you know, it's so, okay. I, it's, I call that an action more, comedy. It's more of a situation than it is. Batman and Robin was a comedy, but not the good kind. Yeah. He was awesome in Around the World in 80 Days. He was the only good thing about that movie. <laughs> Have you seen that? Was that the one with Jackie Chan? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't care much for that movie, but he was pretty awesome in it. Um, I'm just thinking that his the roles he's played one I've really, really enjoyed. There's been a shitload of clips out there by Marvel pimping the shit out of Civil War, so they're out there. Um, Marvel's very proud of this film. Well, I watched the Black Panther clip where he fights Bucky, yeah. Winter Soldier, and it looks good. Yeah, Black Panther looks really good, but there's something off about the image. I don't understand. Is this like 48 frames per second or something? They do a lot of shaky cam footage. Yeah, but I don't know. Something just seemed off. I don't know what it was. So, you know, to watch it in the theater, I guess. It could be there. You are watching it on YouTube. When does that come out? Tomorrow at midnight? Or is it the 6th? Tomorrow is Wednesday. I'm off a day. I'm sorry. Yeah. Comes out the 6th. So, it'll be Thursday, midnight showing, probably. I'll probably go see it Tuesday. <clears throat> Tuesday matinee showing, I would guess. Yeah, because there probably won't be anybody there. All right. Before we do... The, oh, there is no NWA review tonight because there was no show this week, which works out good for us because there was a WWE pay-per-view this week. So that kind of worked out good. However, before we do that, um, Adam Rose was put on a, uh, a wellness suspension policy. Suspension. So, And he said that a couple weeks ago he put out a tweet saying, you fuckers, I'm going to explain myself why, but it's my doctor was shocked at why you did this. But I'm not pissed off at WWE. I'm pissed off at the uh, wellness, the people in charge of the wellness policy. And today he put out the doctor's note. And the reason why is because he is on Adderall. Adderall? Adderall, yes. And the doctor's note says, quote, 
to whom it may concern, I am writing this letter on behalf of Adam Rose, Ray Leopan, date of birth, 7-2079. Jesus, he's our age. Whom I have treated since 4-2015. He has chronic signs and symptoms of ADHD, determined through a very thorough of psychiatric exam on 4-30-15. He takes Adderall XR, which is an FDA-approved treatment for ADHD. And we have followed all standard of care protocols during his treatment, which has gone very well. He takes his medication as prescribed, and he is compliant with my treatment recommendations. And the people in charge of the wellness policy suspended him for this. Scott, why would they suspend him for this? Because uh, it puts it puts them in a bad light. But they deserve to be in a bad light. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it puts them in a bad light, and they control it. And the um, I mean, he had to know the way they've been handling their wrestlers that this is what was going to happen. So I mean, he he. He can't assume they're not going to do something about it. So he he was probably pretty sure that he was screwed. Suspended for Adderall. Even though he had a doctor's note. And then he gave it to them for in, in advance that I was taking Adderall. Yeah, but they're going to... But him releasing the note and basically being confrontational in public, they're they're not gonna stop a work. So this is this is gonna end badly for him. But I think with him having the doctor's excuse that they kinda I think that's kinda shitty. Well, why would they lose this battle? Why would they? Why would they? So why would they even release him to begin with? I I mean, that's exactly the point. It's stupid. I mean, he's got an excuse. Of course, I mean, okay, Adderall. People use it for what? Weight loss when they're abusing it. That's what I'm looking up now. Adderall is a once daily extended release single entity. Uh, it's an amphetamine and dextroamphetamine. It's used to treat narcolepsy and ADD. I knew about the ADHD part, but. Yeah. Um, Attention deficit. But. Um, I know it's habit forming, which it says right here. I, I mean, I'm not a doctor, but I don't see anything that... I, I don't see anything. Unless he's planning on breastfeeding, because it can pass mm. into a baby that's feeding. Maybe he's got some undisclosed alcohol abuse problem or substance abuse problem. I don't know. I don't see any reason why they would suspend him for this. There's always more to the story. 
Where the hell is Meltzer when you need him? Side effects. I mean, I don't really see any major no. side effects. I mean, bloody urn, lower back pain. I mean, it's not like he's going to have heart attack from this shit. I don't get it. I don't know why they singled him out for this. Maybe it just makes them look good for when, in their eyes, for when something happens. <laughs> you have attention deficit disorder and you're taking medication. Fuck you, you're suspended. Yeah, we got one. Yeah. The system well, I'm thinking, works. I mean, with 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 the um, authorities, it, to them, it's like it's like you're a supervisor, and you're about to get your ass ripped, and or you've just had it ripped. So you're in that honeymoon period. You're like, you know what? I'm gonna have to bury some people to make myself look good since I've done fucked up. I think in the eyes of the fact that they're under such scrutiny over substance abuse since what the nineties, ninety three, ninety two. Yes, the whole that the more they can look proactive, the better they feel about themselves. That's that. I've worked for people like that. So, well, on to the payback show from Sunday night. Uh, you had the pre-show. Dolph Ziggler versus Baron Corbin. I didn't watch this. Um, Dolph Ziggler went over. This was originally supposed to be on the actual pay-per-view itself. It didn't happen. Dolph Ziggler went over. U.S. Championship match, which this was the title that for nine months, John Cena escalated this to like one of the top single titles. It the title meant something, and now it's on the fucking pre-show with two uh, prelim guys, basically. Now it means nothing. Um, uh, I think Kalisto went over because I didn't watch this match either. So, And Ryback is uh, no longer working. He is in the contract dispute. He got, I guess he's tired of jobbing, basically. And then we went on to the main card. Um, the WWE Tag Team Tournament Finals. Which, by the way, this tag team tournament is not as good as the Jim Crockett Senior Memorial Cup. Enzo and Cass versus the Vaude Villains, two NXT teams who finally got their call up. And in their first pay-per-view show, uh, Enzo got an Irish rip to the ropes, or he went for a rope, but... He uh, legit hit the ropes, fucked his neck up, got whiplash, and got a severe concussion. Ouch. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> that match was a um, no contest. So, uh, yeah, that didn't work out too well. So there was – I better fucking figure something out. On to Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens, which should have been for the IC title at WrestleMania. Instead, you had a huge clusterfuck. But anyway, Scott, your thoughts on this match? Okay. I watched the three matches that you 
sent me. Um, Kevin Owens and Jericho. shit. Zane, Zane, Zane. What the fuck's his name? Rami Zane. Sami Zane. <laughs> Sami Zane. Yeah, I like him better than I do Kevin Owens. Um, that match was, I mean, it was good. It was really good. And I think I've said it about Kevin Owens before. I like we're in the middle of the match, the way he talks shit and he gets real loud. Yeah. He shows opponents. Man, he's good at that. Um, you know, there's a lot of high impact moves and it slowed down a little bit too long for me, but then it picked up and had a lot of momentum swings and Kevin Owens did a frog splash. I I couldn't believe the the I mean he just holy shit that dude could freaking jump. <laughs> he did an Eddie Guerrero frog splash. <laughs> yeah, in the and that was where Eddie Guerrero went into the Hall of Fame, right? It was in Chicago. Didn't uh, that did the announcer say something along those lines? So I wonder if that was like an homage. Yeah, they worked a, a Japanese style match more so than a um, yeah WWE style bullshit match. But, but then he catches um, – but, you know, then it sped back up and you had your momentum changes and there a lot of big hits. And uh, the at the end, you know, I mean, they slugged it out. It's back and forth. It's back and forth. And then there's this huge powerbomb out of nowhere, and Kevin Owens basically just collapses on top of um, Sammy and gets the pin. Yeah. I, it was a really good match. Yeah. After the match, um, Owens talked shit on the mic, said that he um, finally beat Sammy. He invited himself basically to do commentary. He went out there and did commentary for the next match, which was the Miz versus Cesaro. Miz used to be a somewhat decent worker, not as great. Well, not as good as he used to be. Match was what it was. Cesaro's great. Miz is not, so you kind of have to work down to his level. Uh, <laughs> the Owens was great on commentary, burying everybody, talking shit to, to the commentators. And eventually... Um, he just kept talking shit until the point where Sami Zayn came out at the end of the before the match was over with, and then once again Sami and and uh, Owens got back into another fucking fight. The fight went into the ring, and that fucked up um, Cesaro's chance to win the match. And. Um, I don't even remember the fucking ending of the match, but it doesn't matter. There was like 50 run-ins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I didn't. I, I just watched the three you said that were worth yeah. watching. This was tapping out, but the ref was distracted and trying to break up Zayn and yeah. Owens. Yeah. Cesaro let go of the move, knocked out Zayn and, Zayn and Owens off the eighth, and then missed schoolboyed um, Cesaro and kept the mat pin. After the match, Cesaro laid out Miz with the neutralizer, Owens super kicks Cesaro. Owens power bomb Sami Zayn, and he went to power bomb the Miz, but Maurice pulled out 
uh, the Miz uh, out of the ring before he could grab him. But Miz ended up grabbing the belt, held held it up. Owens grabbed the belt and held it up. So, uh, next match was Chris Jericho versus Dean Ambrose. They did a very nice little video package before the match started off. And they had a sweet little match. Scotty, too hotty. <clears throat> um, Ambrose is probably cementing himself as my favorite guy I'm watching right now. Sorry. He's not quite the technical marvel some of the others are, but it's not all about being a technical marvel. He's very good at selling his persona. I like it. He's funny to watch. Um, but, you know, Jericho looked really good. Um, clearly, he's a step slower than he used to be, but he's still really good. Um, his jacket is awesome. Yeah. I need one. Um, but, I mean, they just they, they went at it. And those elbows off the top rope – that uh, Ambrose was hitting him with. I just don't understand how these guys don't get worse concussions. I know they have to pull back, but damn, he was plowing him pretty good uh, and not in a, you know, totally acceptable gateway. But the, um, the big thing for me, the finish, man, it was like, so to me, it was, it was, it was full of drama because what's it, what's Ambrose's move called? His finisher. Dirty Deeds. The Dirty Deeds. He hits him with the Dirty Deeds. And the um, it looks like he hits Dirty Deeds and he's going to get pinned. I'm like, oh, my God, he's pinning himself because he's so worn out. And he just – just the way he rolled over and got top position to get the pit on Jericho. I don't know, man. It was just – he's they both sold it with body language so well. And they worked a really good match. So, I mean, that was the highlight for me was the finish. Because yeah. it was just kind of out of nowhere. I was like, oh, damn, I'm thinking they're going to go another few minutes. And then he just kind of pops over, and he gets the win. It was yeah. it was good. And they were struggling for it as well. Yeah. Got yeah. For it. Jericho's new um, gimmick, I guess, is he's an internet troll. He, he's, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's going after all the internet darlings, AJ Styles and Dean Ambrose. Yeah. The uh, next match was the... Women's championship. Oh, I think you had a. Oh, Mario Bernal. Before that, interviewed AJ Styles and he asked him about Luke Gallows and Cara Anderson. And he was playing babyface, saying that, "Look, am I friends with Luke and Gallows? Yes. Do they got my back? Yes. But tonight it's going to be one on one between me and and Roman. That's it. Period. And then." We had uh, the women's championship matches, Charlotte versus with Ric Flair and Natalia of Bret Hart in her corner, and the match was going pretty well. It was not as good as their match they had at uh, NXT Takeover. Can't remember which one it was, but it was not as good as that match. But it was it was it was pretty good. It's. If you got time to kill Scott, it's worth going back and watching. Right up until the end of the match. 
Charlotte had her, I believe she had her in a figure four. There was a reversal. Um, somehow, Charlotte put Natty in the sharpshooter as a fuck you. And then guess what? Little Nate, the referee, said, ring the fucking bell. Yes, they did it. They brought back the fucking Montreal screw job. 19 oh, wow. years later. Might have to check that out. Yeah. Well, I told you you got time to watch that one. So, yeah, they, they brought back the fucking Montreal screw job. Brett got in the ring. Flair got in the ring. They started bickering and arguing. Brett knocked Brett, Rick, Brett knocked Ric Flair the fuck out. Put Rick in the sharpshooter. Natty put Charlotte in the sharpshooter, and they both tapped out. So you had your little fucking moment there. So, yeah, we'll see where that goes. After that, Vince McMahon called out uh, Stephanie and Shane. Um to see this whole fucking build up who's going to run raw after uh i think it's probably like 20 minutes which it was probably going to be shorter but because of the whole enzo getting knocked the fuck out you probably had to save some time they came up to a conclusion of who is going to run raw is it going to be Steph or is it going to be Shane? Nah, it's going to be both of them. Go for it. Yeah, you could have just fucking did it like that. But no, you had to have like 20 fucking minutes of dialogue. Kind of like the beginning of Raw. And then we had the main event. AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, versus boring-ass Roman Reigns. Is he a heel or is he babyface? Or is he a tweener? Well, he's not a good guy. He's not a bad guy. He's the guy. Now, Scott, how did you feel about this fucking match? I thought it was pretty good. I was, uh, you know, AJ Styles is freaking, um, he's amazing. So. Did you say he's phenomenal? He's phenomenal. And Roman Reigns pulled his weight, and I think I mean, he pulled his weight. I think Roman Reigns needs to just learn how to play the crowd better. Oh. He spends a lot of time just staring at the mat or staring at the ceiling. <laughs> he's, he's, why don't they like me? I'm trying my best, but I can't get over. He's a sad man. And just sad afflicts just starts going to my mind anytime <laughs> I see Reigns go out there. And – but one of the things that really helped this match along was you got the disqualification where AJ Styles gets in the ring with, at the nine count because he can't physically get Roman Reigns' big ass up off the floor and throw him in. And you're well, thinking, oh, great, this is the freaking WrestleMania 8 finish. Well, you got the count out, yeah. Yeah, the count out. And well, then Shane... Well, dumbass didn't stop the count. Yeah. And then Shane comes in and saves it and says, this isn't like the old era, which is a knock against Vince. And Well, no, that was because you had Steph in charge. Yeah. 
Well, this this was after you had the um, super the, um, the phenomenal elbow from the top rope to the floor. Oh yes, back backing up. That was one of the best <laughs> single moments I think I've ever watched in a wrestling match. Just the way he freaking puts his body out there to throw that move. It was awesome. He arches his back and just glides. Yeah. Just the freaking the commitment to to how he's going to appear when he does it, his profile and everything. It was just it was phenomenal. Um and that wasn't even a pun. That was right off that was out of the heart when I said that. The coin it was phenomenal. Yeah. And I mean, I was just like, "Holy shit!" And there was there was a couple good beats with the phenomenal elbow and the Superman punch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when Shane came out, and you know, we're not we're not going to end it like this, not like the old era. So then you're thinking, okay, AJ Styles is going to win this, <laughs> and the um, match goes back on, and they're going back and forth, and then you get the disqualification for like the unholy shot to the nuts. Um. And then Roman Reigns is sitting in the ring like, oh, bullshit. And then Stephanie walks out and says, no, we're not going like this. We're going to change it to a no disqualification, yada, yada, yada. They start wrestling again. Um, well, who's the two guys that came out to help Styles? That was, um, well, until they get a better name, everybody's calling them the Bullet Club. But that was, um, <clears throat> that was Guns and Gallows. Carl Anderson and um, Luke Gallows. Okay, so they came out and, you know, beat the shit out of Reigns a little bit. And then um, Which Reigns, at that moment you think he's going he's gonna to go over. You're still thinking shit, man. He, that, they're going to they're gonna, – he's going to win. And then I started thinking, well, so now they're making it, they're making it look like Reigns is going to lose and he's going to come back and win. And it, it was working really well. And then it kind of, to me, it kind of sold itself a little bit um, that it was going to happen the way it did. But they're making you hate Reigns. And Reigns is making me hate Reigns. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if he's meaning to or not, but I'm starting to really dislike watching him on TV. It's not that he didn't wrestle good. Like I said, I did give him credit to say he pulled his weight. But there's so much that he... He, he he's not doing in the match that the other guys are doing. You know, first off, AJ Styles is always moving. Roman Reigns is always laying around. And that's been like every match I've ever seen. He's just like kind of laying there. And yeah. he, he needs to move. He needs to speak to the crowd. He needs to be the prick. But anyways, AJ Styles um, comes in. And what, what, was the, what did he go for? I know he gets hit with a spear. Well, you had the Usos come out, too. Oh, yeah, the Usos come out and stop those other two guys. Because, you know, that's their cousin, Roman Usos Reigns. come out. Styles went for top rope, but Reigns shoved him off and flew to the floor on everybody. <clears throat> Reigns did a running dive over top rope. Match continues, and Reigns hit a springboard 450, but Reigns kicked out. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That, that was like... When I swung back thinking, oh, shit, AJ Styles is going to win this. Yeah. And then Reigns kicked out. Yeah, and then Styles went for Styles' class, but Reigns backdropped him over top rope. Reigns yeah. went for a Superman punch. Styles snapped his neck back over top rope. 
then reigns Spiritum Appendum. Yeah. So I thought it was a good finish. I thought it was a pretty good match. And I think Reigns did pull his weight, but he could do a lot better if he would just – when they're running – I don't know. When they're getting together and coming up to how these matches are going to play, it needs to be less Reigns laying around, not doing jack shit. There was too many times he was just kind of laying there. So, But it was still a pretty good match overall. Reigns needs to work with people as good as AJ if you want him to be a better wrestler. When you put him in there with people – like fucking Seamus, who's not as good as him, he's not going to get better. Yeah. AJ is one of the best wrestlers in the world, if not the best. He's so, yeah, good. he's going he's gonna to put him in there on the road with him like every fucking night. He will get better. Seamus, he's not going to get fucking better because he's just as good as him, if not worse. But, um... Yeah. And of course, then after the show was going off the air, they cut back to Shane, Steph, and, and uh, Vince. And they said, um, Vince was like, Well, I think he deserves a rematch. Uh, he just fucking lost. I don't know why he deserves a fucking rematch, but okay, he deserves a rematch. So when do you think he deserves it? And Stephanie said, Um, Extreme Rules. This is in three weeks, and Shane is like, yes, Extreme Rules. And that's what type of match it should be, or some bullshit like that. Or I think I think maybe Vince said, well, what type of match? He, he deserves a rematch, but when should it be, and what type? And Steph said, well, Extreme Rules is in three weeks, and that's what type of match it should be. So the rematch will be at Extreme Rules, and it will be an Extreme Rules match. Which, the match ended up being no disqual- no count outs and no disqualification. Isn't that an like, fucking extreme rules? So did much. we fucking see that? What we just saw. But, um, oh well. I will say, though, with the exception of maybe like the Cesaro match, it was a pretty good fucking pay-per-view. Um, Scott has Camp WWE to watch, so he'll watch that. <clears throat> I think by the time next week, he'll have two episodes to watch. Um, there was a new Japan pay-per-view this morning, but I, I fell asleep. So, we'll, Scott will have that to watch as well. Also, there is... <sighs> A uh, help me, Scott. Ring of Honor pay per view coming up Sunday, and a um, and we got a uh, Civil War. So, you know what? There might not be any news next week. Maybe we'll just do reviews all next week. I think let's. What about Fantastic Four? We're going to review the. Uh... Oh, fuck. First issue of the series? Yes. I forgot what the comic book news yeah, we need to, we, need to, we need to pick up something each week, at least one issue of something. Yes. Um, let me get my game. So, um, 
What year did that come out? Nah, 2004, I believe. Yes. Okay, back in 2004, the they released Marvel released the Marvel Age comic line gimmick. And basically what they were doing, they were releasing um it's basically their I'm not quite sure how they called it. A re not style reimagining. I'm not sure what term they use, but they were taking the original issues, issue one from like Fantastic Four nineteen sixty one and updating it to today's um technology and so forth. But it was an exact copy. They just updated dialogue and art and so forth. So we read issue one from 1961 and the first issue from 2004 and compared and contrasted. So this month we, well this week, not this month. So uh, we did Fantastic Four. Um, in the interest of full disclosure, we're not big Fantastic Four fans. It has nothing to do with the movies. So I, I like, like him as part of an ensemble. I like I like him when Spider-Man joins him. I like him individually. I just have never gotten super excited about Fantastic Four comics. I love the thing. but I like the thing. I, I do like all of them. I just don't get... Oh, fuck, no, fuck, oh, fuck, 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 Mr. Fantastic. Fuck him. Oh, fuck him. I do not like him. I don't really give a fuck about Susan Storm either. Fuck her. Let me break in. Yeah, I, I, he's definitely my least favorite of the bunch. I, I could really give a shit about Johnny Storm. No, what? No, fuck all of them. I just like the thing. You know, maybe I think I just like the thing too. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny Storm that, has his moments, but I mean, other than that, I mean, just Mister Fantastic is a conceited fuck. Susan Storm's pretty worthless. What the hell has she done? And the whole fucking she had the cleavage four. She has the what cleavage four? Is that what you said? <laughs> yeah, remember she had the the four on her. I remember that. Chest and it used to have the cleavage sticking through it. Yeah, I remember that. But that's it. I mean, other than than being hot, that's all she's got going for. What has she done? In the entire... Mo- I mean, at least fucking Mr. Fantastic's a genius. The thing, I mean, at least he comes through. He could be... I would put him on my team for fucking muscle. Susan Storm, hell no. She's fucking worthless. I can think of a thousand other fucking people I put on my team before her. She helped the thing beat the Hulk one time. By doing what? She was invisible. I believe she was invisible. And she was using her force field powers to help him absorb shots from the Hulk, and he was able to beat the Hulk down. 
I think it's how it happens. Isn't there other people who are invisible? I'm sure there are. Okay, well, I'd rather have them. On to the okay. Rather than damning this fucking woman, let's 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 get to the comics. Cause I just fucked the Fantastic Four. All right, so Fantastic Four number one, Stan Lee, Dick Ayers. 1961, first thing that pissed me off about this was it was 10 cents. So, how did you feel about uh, the first one? I mean, it's got its place in history. Um, but it's it's a typical early Stan Lee effort. Um, eh, it's, it's just not that good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean... Stanley likes to talk, doesn't he? I can. He loves. He loves his exposition. Oh my gosh! It's like X Men One, which is way better than Fantastic Four One. Yeah, but there's so much written word in that in those books. It's just it's ridiculous. The best part is they're not wearing costumes. Yeah. Unlike in the. Fantastic Four number one, 2004, they're wearing costume, which is, they fucked that up in a reboot. Which you're supposed to make it like the original, and you fucked that up. Which you also changed the ending. Which this one was Sean McVeer, the writer, Mako Natuski, or what the fuck is Nakasuki, Nasaka, Whatever, Mr. Japanese dude. Um, uh, plot, Stan Lee, Jack Kirby, blah, blah, blah. So, you can definitely tell that um, they cut out a lot of Stan's exposition. Basically, one was too long-winded, and the other was too choppy to me. Chop-chop your pee-pee? Yeah, it was just like, I don't know. I felt like I was watching a movie with a lot of quick cuts. <laughs> MTV <laughs> editing? It was just it was just so back and forth. And the dialogue and the announcement of the way Mr. Fantastic acted, it was just kind of a throwback to the 60s and the, the superhero serious stuff, but... I don't know. I thought the dialogue was shit. I thought the art was shit. I, I just I wasn't impressed with the remake at all. It wasn't the worst thing I've ever read, but I mean it. The I art beat them all, man. Yay! Well, well, well. You can't change the character. No, I mean no, and I'm fine with that. But I understand the purpose. But I don't know. I just think it it seemed like an amateur hour on who wrote and scripted and drew this book well you have to keep the dialogue stan lee ish you can't yes and it was and that's i don't think you had to well you kind of have to yeah but that doesn't mean that i enjoyed it (laughs) (laughs) no i mean stan lee's dialogue is stan lee's dialogue i understand but it doesn't mean i had to like it (laughs) (laughs) it's like here here's stan lee's dialogue just somewhat changed me. 
I mean, it's like the scene where they are. become the fantastic four and they're they're coming up with their code names yeah and the original where mr fantastic comes up with his name and i'll call myself mr fantastic they just let it go in the original who the fuck calls himself mr fantastic that douche. Yeah, that douche. At least in the new one, the thing calls him out on it. Yeah. I did like that. And he said, Mr. Fantastic. And Ben says, geez, conceded much? At least they called it out. And I was reading on the original. I was like, God damn, really, Mr. Fantastic? Nobody called him out on that? So at least they did that much. And on the... uh Bowman, man, where he had this big, long, huge Stan Lee epic fucking backstory. They did cut that down, not entirely. I mean, you get the whole story, but they break it up into like one whole page. But his backstory, you can see it in pictures, in the art, instead of him telling the whole fuck story in 18 fucking panels. I did like that. So. Yeah, I mean, it was, it got its point across. Yeah. It was, it was a hair too short, but. Show it. No, I'm no, trying to figure that. out the one, the one panel. Was he chasing an underage child? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't figure out what was going on there. Oh, when she was running from him? Yeah. Yeah. I'm he's, guessing that it was just a show that like he's terrifying in his appearance or something and people are running from him. The art is very anime-ish. Yeah, but still I didn't think really in a good way. I don't know why they fucking changed the ending. It looks like they changed the ending just for that fucking joke about Ben. Yeah. Why did yeah. they do that? Why did they change the fucking ending? Uh, why did they do a lot of things? Did the Sue Storm not just look completely jacked up to you? I mean, she looks like Adrian Neville. <laughs> She's got really wide ears and little, like, narrow chin, and I don't know. As soon as I saw her, I thought, what the hell? She's like Adrian Neville. So. Why does Johnny Storm have two earrings in one ear? Because uh, he's cool, man. I mean, <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, overall, though, they did do a fairly good job of keeping it close to, I mean, it kept it, it kept a lot of the original air, atmosphere, um, flavor of the first one. It kept a lot of the original flavor. They did a better job of keeping it true to its source material as a reboot than what Hollywood does when they do reboots. Yes, they did. Yeah. Everybody else fucks it up. At least it, I mean, at least you can look at this and say, yeah, it, it's it's true to its source material. Yeah. 
it, it was it was rough, but you know, I wouldn't rate it again. I'll tell you that. Ugh. We should review something interesting. Batman, Star Wars. Well, because there's nothing we can compare and contrast it to from the original to the ending. That was just something that was a nice little because everything's a fucking reboot. Yeah. Reboot. And that was what, the second reboot boot in less than 10 years from Marvel? When they were rebooting 94 or 95 of the major uh, properties. There, There's another reboot in there too. They also did... Um, Well, it wasn't really a reboot. They were just doing trying to introduce new people in there. There was other reboots in there. Uh, they did Spider-Man. They did Hulk. They did... Uh, a couple other ones. But uh, I think that was the only one that actually did issues 1 through 12 of the original series. I think Spider-Man was like a mismatch of issues. But, yeah. Uh, Killing Joke, you had mentioned off air that you wanted to do that one. I don't know when Killing Joke is coming out on DVD. Well, we could do um, Dark Knight Returns or something. That's a fucking long one. Now, if uh, you would be willing to pick up those issues when they come out, we could do the Dark Knight Master Race. You're about four issues behind on those. Oh, it's out already? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that one was out. Yeah, they're up to issue four now. What a review. Yeah, we need to have a little bit more comic flavor. Yep. But we'll talk Star about Star Wars that. has been pretty good. Yep. Darth Vader's been pretty good. Vader's real good. Yeah. Chewbacca's not too bad. I haven't got to that one yet. Yep. But we will decide um, what to do over the coming weeks. So, Scott? Or we might get a little bit of listener interaction and they can suggest something to us. Yeah. Yep, all 32 people. You might, maybe, maybe somebody will suggest something. Yeah, well, if you have a suggestion, write to uh, scottpaulshow at gmail.com and Scott will read your email. Okay, well, that's it for us. So, we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Later. Later.